0: This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean news headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Let's Talk Ideas.org, your budget-friendly custom design firm in Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. World Health Organization plans to rename monkeypox over stigmatization concerns. Drought in UK, US, and Europe. Humanity at crossroads, UN says. St. Lucia resumes banana exports to the United Kingdom. Government of Puerto Rico non- profit partners to build protective reef and jamaica libraries to become digital learning centers these and other stories on today's pulse of the caribbean caribbean news roundup for monday august 15. we start a report today at world health organization the World Health Organization says it's holding an open forum to rename the disease monkeypox after some critics raised concerns the name could be derogatory or have racist connotations. In a statement Friday, the United Nations Health Agency said it has also renamed two families or clades of the virus using Roman numerals instead of geographic areas to avoid stigmatization. The version of the disease formerly known as the Congo Basin will now be known as clade 1 or 1 and the West Africa clade will be known as clade 2 or 2. The World Health Organization said the decision was made following a meeting of scientists last week in line with the current best practices for naming disease, which aims to avoid causing offense to any cultural, social, national, regional, professional, or ethnic group, and minimize any negative impact on trade, travel, tourism, or animal welfare. To date there have been more than 31,000 cases of monkeypox identified globally since May. The United Nations also says that the world is at a crossroad in drought management up 29% in a generation and worsening. A new report by the United Nations Convention to combat desertification says when it comes to managing drought and accelerating mitigation must be done urgently using every tool we can. Drought numbers in 2022 released to mark drought day at United Nations Convention to combat desertification's 15 conference of parties calls for making a full global commitment to drought preparedness and resilience in all global regions a top priority. The report, an authoritative summary of drought-related information and data, helps inform negotiations of one of several decisions by the United Nations Convention to Combat Desertification's 196 member states. The facts and figures of this publication all point to the same direction, an upward trajectory in the duration of droughts and the severity of impacts, not only affecting human societies, but also the ecological systems upon which the survival of all life depend, including our own species, said Ibrahim Thiaw executive secretary of the United Nations Convention to combat desertification. The report creates a compelling call to action. For example, since 2000, the number and duration of droughts has risen 29%. From 1970 to 2019, weather, climate, and water hazards accounted for 50% of disasters and 45% of disaster-related deaths, most in developing countries. From 1998 to 2017, droughts caused global economic losses of roughly $124 billion US billion. In 2022, more than 2.3 billion people face water stress. Almost 160 million children are exposed to severe and prolonged drought unless action is stepped up. By 2030, an estimated 700 million people will be at risk of being displaced by drought. By 2040, an estimated one of four children will live in areas with extreme water shortages. By 2050, droughts may affect over three quarters of the world's population. An estimated 4.8 to 5.7 billion people will live in areas that are water scarce for at least one month each year, up from 3.6 billion today. And up to 216 million people could be forced to migrate by 2050 largely due to drought in combination with other factors including water scarcity, declining crop productivity, sea level rise and overpopulation. We are at a crossroad, Mr. Thiaw said. 128 countries have expressed willingness to achieve or exceed land degradation neutrality, and nearly 70 countries participated in the United Nations Convention to Combat Desertification's Global Drought Initiative, which aims to shift from reactive approaches to drought to a proactive and risk-reducing approach. Mr. Theaw underlined the importance of promoting public awareness about desertification and drought and letting people know the problem can be effectively tackled through ingenuity, commitment and solidarity. We must all live up to our responsibility to ensure the health of present and future generations wholeheartedly and without delay, he said. St. Lucia's Minister for Agriculture stated that the fortunes of St. Lucia's banana industry were changed for the better. The minister reported that St. Lucia has resumed the shipment of bananas to the UK for the past nine weeks. To date, St. Lucia has been able to restore production levels to its contractual obligation of 2,000 boxes a week as of the end of July 2022. The UK banana market is highly competitive. Once you lose your spot on the market, shells, it becomes an uphill battle to regain that position. Farmers, we must focus on keeping with international standards in order to gain competitive advantage. He continued, the banana industry is significantly impacted by the high fuel prices. We are restricted by the limited shipping options available to us in the region. On average, our bananas take 21 days to reach the UK, while our other competitors can export theirs to the UK in 12 to 18 days. The extended journey time, time can result in quality issues for our bananas. I think it is now time for us to explore all of our shipping options in an effort to reduce cost and travel time. The Minister said the hard work and commitment of our farmers, field workers, the Banana Task Force and the National Fair Trade Organization has paid off. Environmental News Service reports that through the Puerto Rico Coral Reef Program, the Puerto Rico Department of Environmental and Natural Resources is working with nonprofit organization Arises Condado to develop an artificial reef and beach nourishment pilot project just offshore of the capital city, San Juan. One of the pilot project's main goals is to cause waves to break offshore rather than breaking on Condado Beach. This will reduce the high turbulence and dangerous rip currents associated with drowning and near-drowning events at the Condado, a large public access beach fronted by hotels. Considered a dangerous beach with strong undercurrents in early 2022, Governor Pedro Paluzzi ordered that steps be taken to address the issue of multiple drownings there. The constructed reef is expected to improve the ecosystem for endangered sea turtle nesting, create educational and recreational snorkeling trails, and promote a safe beach environment for engaging in water sports. Artificial reefs are submerged structures constructed on the seabed to replicate the characteristics of a natural reef. The pilot project involves the placement of up to eight tons of native rock 100 and 150 meters offshore in the shape of a pyramid with a section of about 50 feet between each of several artificial reefs, allowing marine animals to travel through them. Jamaica Information Service reports that digital education company EDUFOCAL Limited is partnering with the Jamaica Library Service to establish learning centers across the Jamaica Library Service Network. The ceremony for the initiative was held on Thursday, August 11 at the Kingston and St. Andrews Parish Library Tom Redcam Drive location. The partnership will include, but is not limited to, provision of free internet access and technical assistance for students who use the services of the Jamaica Library Service. There will also be training of Jamaica Library Service staff members by EduFocal in the planning, preparation, and delivery of learning activities for children at all learning centers. In addition, EduFocal and its private sector partners will provide marketing sponsorship and financial contributions to the improvement of the Jamaica Library Service. An edufocal representative will be assigned to each participating Jamaica Library Service location. Chief Executive Officer EduFocal Limited, Gordon Swaby, said the initiative is intended to provide sustainable digital education support to Jamaican students. The Jamaica Library Service is comprised of 111 libraries, 334 mobile library stops, and 898 school libraries across 13 parishes. And finally, Jamaica Information Service also reports that the Development Bank of Jamaica on Thursday, August 11 unveiled two loan facilities valued at $700 million to benefit entertainment and transportation industry stakeholders whose livelihoods were impacted by the economic fallout for the COVID-19 pandemic. A sum of $500 million is earmarked for micro, small, and medium sized enterprises under the Entertainment Restart Loan Facility, while $200 million has been provided for public passenger vehicle operators. The funds will be provided through the Development Bank of Jamaica microfinance institutions and approved financial institutions. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com and to share information on upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, August 15th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.